Hello, San Pedro Podcast, episode 37. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. Um, so yeah, it is our, we're already halfway through June and we got a few uh, really cool things coming up. Um, I feel like it's the kickoff of summer, even though summer doesn't technically begin until June 21st. But um, but this weekend, we are having our first Pride event ever. I am so excited for it. Uh, we're going to be celebrating one of my best friend's birthdays um, at this event. I'm totally looking forward to it. It's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be really great. Um, I'm really proud of the people who put this together. Uh, shout out to Aiden, who I, ha- I plan to have on the, on the show soon uh, tell us all about pride and um, I want to yeah I just I just want to thank Bridge City Alliance and everyone involved with that organization they're the ones responsible for putting on pride on the port um, we also have um, a grand opening of one of our businesses so um, a, a couple weeks back I had my friend Ashley Rios who's starting fit culture Pilates um, on the show and she got she was able to tell her story and she is finally open so she officially opened last weekend but she's having her grand opening party um tomorrow saturday the 15th and it's gonna be um an eight o'clock to noon event of course it's pilates so you know maybe come ready to you know try test out her machines do a couple workouts um it's i think it's really gonna be nice and it's um it would be awesome to come and celebrate the new business and the new blood that we have coming to Pedro. I'm really excited for her. In this episode, we sit down with Derek Kissinger from the uh, Harbor Business Source Center. And um, he kind of tells us how, you know, with the help of the Business Source Center, we were, they were able to actually get Ashley from, Hey, I have money. I want to start my business to boom. Here she is opening weekend. Um, and he was an amazing guest, so incredibly informative. And, um, I, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, as I recommend that you send this to anybody who is thinking about starting a business or maybe somebody who started a business, but is ready to take it to the next level, maybe ready to get into a brick and mortar. Um, this is a really helpful episode for anybody who is an entrepreneur or looking to start their business. Um, uh, but before we get into this episode, um, and before we get into, the awesome, yeah, goodness that is the Business Source Center. I recently discovered that we have a new review on the podcast, so I'm just going to go ahead and share it with you guys right now. This review is from Mari213, and she, or he, says, my favorite podcast, hands down. It highlights the rich history of the area and brings it forward to cover current news and trends, which is perfect for those from Pedro and those not from Pedro. Fun host, awesome guests, relevant topics. Why are you still reading this? Smash that subscribe button now, please. Um, I swear to you that I don't think I know this person. 
I mean, it could be one of my friends secretly leaving a review for me, but I'm not the one telling you to hit the subscribe button. That was purely from the <laughs> review. Um, although now I'll say it, please subscribe if you haven't already. Um, send this uh, podcast to your friends. If they're not listening to it and they live in Pedro, um, share it with people because I, I really feel like we're building an awesome community with this podcast, um, with the, this li listener group. Um, and I plan to have a few events. I plan to do a few more giveaways and, you know, grow it little by little should be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, we can go ahead and get right into the episode um, as it is incredibly informative. Uh, so let me go ahead and introduce to you uh, Derek, who is our guest on the show today. So Derek Kissinger graduated with a BA in psychology and business from the U University of Minnesota and went on to earn an MBA from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Derek worked as a business consultant for MCS for three years and enjoys helping small business owners realize their growth potential. In 2016, Derek became the program manager for the MCS Business Source Network, and in 2018, he was promoted to economic development program director. Derek's focus is to help businesses in need of tools and resources achieve profitability and growth through access to capital, managed growth opportunities, and targeted new markets. These companies are carefully prepared to become profitable and undergo healthy, sustainable growth with the ultimate goal of creating long-term jobs. He, um, Derek is here to tell us all about the Harbor Business Source Center and what they're able to do for anyone who's looking to start a business or who is already a business owner and looking to expand. They're an amazing resource and not to mention completely free. Their services to small businesses are completely free. I feel like I need to say that like a thousand times. I didn't realize when he was telling us everything that the Business Source Center does for small businesses, I didn't realize that all of these services are offered free to people who are in the Los Angeles area. Um, and what is really exciting is that I think that we're going to be seeing a lot more new businesses and really the, the end goal is for long-term jobs, right? So they are interested in seeing your business succeed because at the end of the day, they succeed when you create more jobs as a business owner. Um, so that's just like really encouraging. I, I think like that's really wonderful for our local economy. Um, but I'm going to just go ahead and let him tell you all about it. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. Um, you might notice in this episode, we're testing out some new microphones. So you might hear a sound difference. Hopefully it's better. <laughs> um, anyway, I am here with two awesome guests. Uh, the first is Ashley Rios, who you've already heard before. Ashley, thanks so much for being with us. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we have a new guest, Derek Kissinger. And he's going to tell you all about what he does and what he is able to do to help businesses. Thank you, Derek, for, for being here today. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Derek, I wanted to ask what it was that you did, what your role is, and um, what the Business Source Center does. Sure, sure. So um, I work for a company called MCS, and we're contracted by the city of Los Angeles to operate two business source centers, um, one in San Pedro, which is our Harbor Watt Center, and one in Hollywood. And essentially, I oversee uh, those two centers. Um, a little background about the business source. Um, there's nine centers throughout the city of Los Angeles. 
And the point of them is to offer free consulting to anybody who owns a business in L.A. or wants to start a business in L.A. Um, but obviously that's a little bit ambiguous. What mm -hmm. does that mean? You know, that can mean a lot of different things. So um, from what I understand, the history of the Business Source program is that maybe 10 or 15 years ago, um, HUD, which is Housing and Urban Development, a federal program, went to the city of Los Angeles and they said, we have money for economic development come up with a program and get back to us. So okay. they came up with the business source program. And as it evolved, um, it kind of morphed into helping small businesses grow by getting them access to capital and then claiming the job creation that happens by getting a business owner money so that they can grow and hire people. Mm -hmm. So as the program is today, most of our goals focus around job creation. And in practice, um, that happens a lot like Ashley's case where we meet someone who either owns a business or is starting a business and really has the potential to get the money needed to um, see that through and we just kind of help them along and mm -hmm. at the end of the day hopefully it creates jobs right okay so they kind of left it ambiguous like go do something that's going to help you know the economy in a local sure. in a local area um and then they kind of gave you guys some guidelines and this is what you guys came out with it sounds like you guys are in a real position to help small businesses though you can really affect change at a local level yeah i really think it's the way i like to sum it up is it's practical technical assistance mm -hmm. um because some technical assistance is you know write a business plan or go to a workshop mm -hmm. um but the, w what i really like about this program is if it's for economic development what better way to show tangible economic development if you get money from a lender's hands into a small business owner's hands and they literally create jobs and hire people. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like it definitely justifies the funds paid. And I, I feel like people can't argue that, you know, you know, the, the money's not well spent. If you can kind of just show real world cases like Ashley starting her Pilates studio. Right. I know. She told me a lot about it, you know, um, kind of like off the episode and even a little bit on the episode, like what she was able to gain from working with you guys. Um, so w who's the ideal person that would come to you and you guys would actually be able to take to the next step? Um, that's a great question. So there's a couple different um, types of clients, I guess that would be ideal. Um, someone that's starting like an Ashley's position has different challenges than someone who's already in business. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the, the best success stories we have are the ones that the people that are just starting and are looking for a startup loan, which, you know, is, is more difficult, but also than the business owner who maybe they've been in business one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And for whatever reason, They've been going to the bank and the bank keeps saying no and they're not telling them why mm -hmm. and they have potential and we can kind of just facilitate you know getting them the money they need to grow um that's kind of a long answer to to it but yeah you know as far as the details um it really just is based on doing a needs assessment right away and kind of like looking at them like a banker's going to look at them right mm -hmm. like I know exactly how these bankers are going to assess Ashley and assess you running a dry cleaners or you running a fast food restaurant. And so if I can put it together and see, oh, this is the, here's the strengths, here's the weaknesses. This is why you didn't have success. Mm -hmm. This is why we need to 
um, rethink how to structure it. Um, you know, that's really kind of the role, I guess, mm -hmm. that we play. It's kind of like um, taking that business owner that, that has potential, but they're just not, they don't have things in order that these banks are looking for and just kind of helping walking them through till they get to that point. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like when people, you know, I've been there before you have this like really awesome business idea. You have no idea how to either like get it on paper necessarily. A lot of people aren't really sure how to put their idea in a business plan that's actually comprehensible and, you know, people can look at and see what the potential is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so do you guys help with business plans at all? Yeah, we do. Um, the problem is that the banker is not going to read the business plan until mm -hmm. all the other things are in order. And it, the other things being? The other things being, so I think this is a good time to kind of give practical advice to the listeners as far as if you want to get a business loan. Um, yeah, tell us. We want to know. <laughs> yeah. So the first, what the banker is going to do, or any lender, they're going to assess two things right off the bat, the, the most important things. They're going to see does this person want to pay me back and do they have the ability? Mm -hmm. Now they're going to assess the want by 20, anyone who's 20% owner in the business or more, their personal credit is going to be involved. So anyone, or so, and the reason that is, is because at the end of the day, who makes the decision to pay back the loan? It's right. the business owner. Mm -hmm. So there's sometimes some misinformation out there that, you know, my personal credit doesn't have to be involved. It's all business credit, um, which isn't really the case. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. And the second thing is the ability to pay back the loan. So the way they do this is they generate a ratio called debt service coverage, mm -hmm. um, which I'm not going to go too far into. But essentially what it does is it says for every dollar you have committed in loans or payments plus this new loan I'm giving you, you show a dollar twenty-five to pay it back, mm -hmm. and they do this through the last filed tax return for the business, or in a startup's case for secondary income. So if you go to a banker, let's say, and you say I want to start a Pilates studio, but your personal credit has issues and you don't have secondary income, part of this loan to pay it back, essentially they're not going to look at the business plan because that's kind of like the last step. Mm -hmm. So. If you're a business owner, and and this is what I see in practice all the time, is that I know they're making money, but the way that their accountant filed their tax return, they kind of killed the company on paper mm -hmm. so that their client doesn't have to pay taxes. Right. So essentially, you're going to the bank and you're saying, I want this loan, but my business doesn't generate any money. Right. And that's a losing battle. You know, they could love you. They could love your business plan, yeah. but you, you can't prove to them that you can pay it back. Mm -hmm. So really that's the, the best service I think we offer is kind of helping the business plan and seeing like, or not the business plan, the helping with the business taxes and seeing like, why does this not show that you're making money on paper? Yeah. You know, where's that line that you need to show to get the loan that you're looking for? And then at least your accountant can give you the option right. of showing what the business is actually doing. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of talked about how this affected Ashley too, because remember for your tax year, you said you didn't really, you took that gap year yeah, where you traveled. Yeah, just like surfed for yeah. like 12 months. So you weren't showing like income. So I'm sure that affected yes. her greatly. It's, it's interesting. When she first came in, so she was referred by a lease to my colleague, Allie. Mm -hmm. And so Allie kind of looked everything over and she said, I think this has potential let's uh can you take a look at it and then i looked at it and i said yeah let's meet with her so then in that first meeting 
I said, you know, this is where you're strong. This is where you're weak. And, you know, a couple of those weaknesses were issues with the income. You know, I don't know if we can justify that this is, you know, ongoing because I think you were hourly at the time too. Yeah, I was working with those autistic kids. <laughs> yeah, so you had like that income, punched. but it was very, yeah, it yeah, wasn't a so, lot. It wasn't significant enough to Yeah, well, it, you know, make. there's that, there's the way of, how will the lender look at it? If it's salary, it's you can count on it. It's going to be in your bank account. But if her scheduled hours go down, mm-hmm. you know, you know, who's to say now that ratio goes down mm-hmm. where they qualify you? So essentially, after that meeting, I said, let's try it. But these are the these this could come up. You know, essentially at that point, I'm troubleshooting. I'm trying to figure out based on my experience, what if I was a banker, how would I? poke holes in this, mm-hmm. you know, how, and how would we overcome that? So sure enough, once we started going through the process, that became an issue, you yeah. know, it wasn't even right away, like right away, they submitted it to their underwriting. And at that point, I would, had my fingers crossed, it got through, but then the underwriter obviously kicked it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was approved for a lower amount for 75,000. And then it was unapproved, like they re, they took it back. I don't even know how, I don't even remember how it happened. It was like they said, I was pre-approved, that's what it was. I was pre-approved for 75,000 and then it went to underwriting and then the agent called me and said, we're not gonna go forward. Mm-hmm. And then I had to get, you know, I had to kind of troubleshoot and figure out a way to either get more hours or have um, a co-signer. Okay. So that was sort of the next step. Got it. And that was tricky. And that's something that you would help business owners kind of figure that out. And yeah, exactly. It's, you know, that's really kind of how the process is. When I get a deal and like I said, I saw that it had potential. All the, the things were in place that it was definitely worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I'm still trying to think like, okay, how could this go wrong? Yeah. And how are we going to overcome it mm-hmm. if this does go wrong? And so we had a couple different options before we even got a cosigner. We were trying to work things out, but we just determined but at the end of the day it would just be easiest yeah because even though i was approved for 75,000, it really wasn't enough to do the startup mm-hmm. it just wasn't like now that i'm actually paying for everything i'm like oh i kind of wish i asked for more yeah but um so i had to like really reevaluate like if it was yeah. worth the risk these of, are like, good questions yeah, they're like all very it's like blowing my mind right now <laughs> how much is involved but i i get it and and do you also help small business owners get set up with like their entities as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much the other piece other than the access to capital is, you know, how to get a business license, get mm-hmm. your permits in place, form your entity. Yeah. Those are the two main services. Now, that being said, we do try to tailor it one-on-one based on the business owner's needs. Mm-hmm. And if we can't help them ourselves, hopefully we can find a referral for other okay. services. But um, yeah, yeah, we definitely help with that also along with the, the loan stuff. You, When you were talking about um, making sure that the previous year's taxes kind of reflected income um, for the business, um, I, I was thinking like, well, why wouldn't it reflect income? But I understand if you don't show income for the year, you know, you write off a lot of things, yeah. you pay less taxes, you exactly. know, you can avoid a heavy tax on your business income. If you can, you know, write off everything that you spend on for mm-hmm. the business. Yep. So I, I like, I have that, I come from a tax background. So sure. I immediately like, how do we bring this to zero? Like yeah. that's our thing. Exactly. It's like, so you pay less taxes. <laughs> You're saying that it would be beneficial, especially if you're going to ask for a loan, to show some income. Yeah. Well, there's a couple different ways it happens. One is that you're right. The the accountant views their job, right, as to say, how can I decrease my client's tax liability? So how can I write everything off Mm -hmm. so that there's close to zero and breaking even? And then the other part is that 
sometimes the business owner just doesn't communicate with their accountant. Yeah. So their accountant's doing the best job they can. And, you know, the the issue can be the accountant trying to kill the company on paper to re- reduce the tax liability, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just ignorant or not, the, the business owner not communi- communicating well with the accountant mm-hmm. um, and getting the accountant what they need to file an accurate tax return. So mm-hmm. an example would be is that I was doing a deal to refinance a loan and the original loan was through the LA City Loan Fund. So the accountant got statements paying to LA City and he, he assumed that it was utilities. So he just put all that interest expense and utilities on the tax return. Okay. Yeah. Now why that comes into play here is that to generate that ratio called debt service coverage that I touched on earlier, mm-hmm. if you're refinancing, you can add back the interest expense, meaning you can use it to your benefit. Cause you can say with this new loan, I'm not going to pay this next year. It'll be worked into the new loan payment. So if he would have just put that as an interest expense instead of a utility, it would have been better for our case. Got it. So it's just an example to point out that sometimes if you don't keep an eye on this, which a lot of business owners don't because Mm -hmm. they kind of treat a tax return like that's that one thing I have to do every year. I don't look at it and I just file it away. I never want to see it again. They kind of don't see that there could be some strategies. Exactly. That's the best way to put it is if you're going to want a loan in the next year, you have to be very strategic about how you file it um, because it really is going to affect you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you file it in April and then all of a sudden you realize in June Mm -hmm. that you're going to need a loan in the next three months, you're out of luck and let, you know, you pretty much have to wait till the next year because, you know, that's how the banks underwrite these loans. They have to do it based on a tax return. Yeah. You know, even if you give them financial statements that show, you know, my QuickBooks show I'm making a ton of money. They're going to say, well, you know, come to us next year. You know, you got to prove it on a tax return. It's just the rules. And essentially learning the rules is like, at least 75%. So they don't necessarily look at revenue. They really look at that, you know, that gross amount that, so that shows on the tax return. What they're going to do is they're going to look at cash flow because uh-huh. they're essentially going to say, do you have the cash on hand to pay me back? Right. right? And pay everyone else that you owe. Mm-hmm. So that's why you can be strategic too about how you file a tax return where it does lower your tax liability but you still show cash flow. So mm-hmm. another example is that there's an expense called depreciation mm-hmm. that you can claim on a tax return, but that doesn't affect your cash flow because it's if you write off depreciation, it's not money out of your pocket that you're paying someone. Right. So let's say you show a $50,000 profit but you show a $50,000 depreciation expense too. Mm-hmm. If you didn't claim that expense, you would have showed $100,000 that you made, right? Right. So that way you can reduce how much you're going to have to pay in taxes by mm-hmm. claiming depreciation, but you can also use that to justify paying back money to the okay. bank. So the people though who would be able to claim depreciation would only be those perhaps like property owners or equipment owners. Yeah, so that, like that that is an expense that yeah ties into equipment or property or, you know, mostly stuff like that. But there's other things too called, essentially these are what, what we call in the industry ad backs, okay. meaning that af- essentially when I get a tax return from a business owner, mm-hmm. I'm hunting on there to try to find what can I claim reasonably can't claim as cash flow. Mm-hmm. So one thing's always going to be cash flow. The profit at the end of the day is cash flow, right? But the problem is no one wants to show a ton of profit because you have to pay a lot of taxes on that profit, right? Right. So then I go into the expenses and say, what can I say here is an expense that 
either one wasn't a cash expense or two is an expense that happened one time and isn't going to happen again. Got it. So if let's say you restructured your business and you paid an attorney, you know, $25,000 to do that or, you know, had some legal expense that was a one-time thing. Mm. I can go in there and say to the bank, look, this is a situation. Next year, they're not going to have 25000 So I'm going to add that back and claim that as money that they can use going forward to pay back any loans. Mm. Another example would be, let's say you're buying a building. You say, I want to buy the building I live in. I ha- Or not I live in that we lease in, the owner wants to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have this opportunity. So if I have a rent expense of let's say $60,000, I pay 5,000 in rent. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not gonna have any rent expense next year because I'm just gonna be making my mortgage payment. So I can add back $60,000 to my profit and anything else to justify the loan amount that I need to purchase the building. Right. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm understanding, I'm understanding like how much is gonna go into this. I'm realizing that there's a lot to prove to a bank before they might take interest in you and give you a loan. And it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to show profit, you know, because you don't want to pay the taxes on the profit, but you do need to, if the bank is going to give you any kind of money. So that's probably something. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be challenging for small business owners to do that, but it's possible. And thanks to you guys, you can yeah, kind of really, help people with that. It's it's good to understand at least the rules yeah. so that you can make that decision. You can mm-hmm. make an educated decision and start planning, you know. Ideally, when is the best time for somebody who wants to start their business? When is the best time for them to come to you? So... Is that like ideation phase or is that like, hey, I've been doing this for a year. I've been making some money. I want to turn it into a legit business. That's a great question. So we in our program and kind of when I do like PowerPoint presentations about this, I do a little like flow chart showing like the entrepreneur, micro enterprise, profitability, access to capital and job creation. So right. that's kind of like the flow chart. Like hopefully at the end it results in job creation. Yeah. But they could come to me at any point on that little flow chart and the the point is to move them to the next step along so we get the people that come in and they say i want to start a business and you say okay tell me about it they're like no tell me what i should do and those obviously are a little more difficult and then we get the people that like really have it down pat and they're just like i have everything worked out i need the money and then you know then we kind of go in asking all the questions and see is this realistic you know what's the project cost and you know can we get the financing in place right that somewhat as close to that project cost to make it a reality. Um, We're going to have to talk after this, by the way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> That's basically how we ended the show with Artemis, too. I was like, um, I have a lot of personal things I'm going to have to talk to you about after the episode. <laughs> so so let's get into some more practical advice here. Yeah. So let's say you want to start a business mm-hmm. and you, you don't have a tax return filed to show that cash flow. Uh-huh. They're going to classify you as a startup at that point okay so there's five requirements for an sba startup loan the first is experience so if you don't have any experience in that type of business you can overcome that by at least saying in the business plan we're going to hire a manager that does Mm -hmm. so that's how you get past that the second is character which is kind of what i touched on earlier anybody who's involved 20 percent ownership or more of their personal credit is going to be involved Mm -hmm. so you can even strategize if you know one of the owners has had issues in the past 
put them below 20% essentially, and they won't have to personally guarantee the loan. Okay. Um, the third is secondary source of income. So in a startup loan, the bank is going to have to assume, because you don't have a tax return that shows that you generate cash flow yet, that the business isn't going to be able to pay back the loan for a while. So mm -hmm. you have to show secondary income to pay back all your commitments and the loan. Mm -hmm. So someone in the in the project has to be involved that shows income to um, meet that ratio, that debt service coverage ratio for the loan amount you're asking for. Mm -hmm. The fourth is owner's injection. Um, so what they're gonna say is we're not gonna finance the whole project. You need to come in with at minimum 10% if the rest of the package is strong. It's more likely it's gonna be, you know, higher than that, the higher the better. You mm -hmm. know, if you come in with 50%, it's better, obviously, it's less risk for the bank, but you can kind of get by with 10%. So if it's a, let's say a, a $200,000 project, they're gonna say, we'll finance 180,000, you come in with 20,000. Okay. And then the last piece is collateral, which is kind of interesting. We've talked a lot about loans so far and we haven't really mentioned it. Um, so with these SBA loans, the the point is of them is that the SBA guarantees to the bank if you don't get your money back we'll guarantee we'll refund you 75 to 85 percent of what of the principal that you're out so that kind of takes the place of collateral mm -hmm. in, in these type of loans um, that being said unfortunately banks more look at it as an insurance policy and they say have you ever tried to collect on an insurance policy they they do everything they can not to pay you so it's kind of you know, it's definitely helps, but, um, you know, if you can tie some type of, you know, residence, you know, to the project, uh, that, that definitely strengthens the deal also. Okay. That's good to know. There are so many like points, you know, there are so many questions that could evolve at any point during the like small business process. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so let's say, let's say, okay. Now, a different scenario. It's not a startup loan. You have a tax return that shows, you know, we've started, we can prove that we brought in income and we, you know, generated some cash flow through the business. Then really, you know, you knock out a number of those. The secondary source of income isn't a make or break thing anymore because right. now the business generates the, the cash to pay back the loan. So mm -hmm. then it really comes down to, like I said, credit, the want, and the ability mm -hmm. are the two most important things. And if you can't, get past there you can't even move on to the next step so mm -hmm. if there's major issues in credit those have to be sorted out and then it really just comes down to does the tax return file show enough to pay back the loan mm -hmm. now when you get to loans above like five hundred thousand, then the bank's going to be less confident with just those two they're going to want to see some sort of collateral and it gets a little more complicated but you know right. obviously that's kind of more uh, you know, those are more, you know, specific, you know, based on the actual deal mm -hmm. to get into, you know, quite hypothetical questions about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is actually a good time for a break because when we come back, I really want to talk about how you were able to help, you know, Ashley go from whichever point she started at to where she is now, which is in her studio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're actually in her Pilates studio recording this. So, you know, how it went from like A to B to Z, you mm -hmm. know, in this. And, and of course it's not Z. You still have, you know, got to get it's open and yes. yeah, make that money. All right. So when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Cryptospace. 
St. Pedro's one and only cryptocurrency lounge. Learn more at CryptospaceUS.com and definitely follow them on Instagram at Cryptospace.us. Okay, so Ashley, hello. How did you how did you discover the the Business Horse Center? So I was trolling on Instagram and I saw the Club Pilates for San Pedro that never actually got developed, but they were they had an Instagram from 2017, mm-hmm. and one of the girls was like doing the splits in front of the San Pedro Chamber of Commerce. Oh yeah, so I was like, uh-huh. I should probably go over there and see what they're about. So I went and I met with Elise, and then she referred me to Business Source, and then she actually came and met with me and Ali Sanchez, mm-hmm. and then we kind of just talked about what I was trying to do, and then Ali took my information, and then made an appointment with me to meet with Derek and then um yeah that's pretty much how it okay so the the chamber of commerce kind of hooked you up with the business source center and said like okay you need to go there and get your resources and get informed awesome okay and then so when you met Ashley and you saw basically what her deal was what did she have at that point so at that point what the information that I knew is that it was someone that was looking for a startup loan so right away in my head i'm going okay what are the five requirements what is a bank going to look for so even before i know what her business plan or anything is Mm -hmm. i'm trying to see is this realistic so one thing i knew right away that Allie told me is that ashley had the owner's injection which is a big hurdle because a lot of people come and they want to start a business and they say I want, you know, however much money, let's say 300000 but I don't have any money to put towards it. Got it. So but, she had a significant amount to put towards this yes. business. So that's one, you know, obviously favorable aspect that I knew. Mm-hmm. And then once we started discussing the other things, I think after that initial meeting, I said, you know, there's two things I can foresee being an issue here. One was that they're going to say you've never operated a studio before a plotty studio they're going to say you don't have the experience Mm -hmm. and which i think i advise you that you have to if that comes up you just have to say i'm going to hire a manager that's going to operate this and the other was the one that ended up really coming up was the issue with the income them saying you know you show that you make money but it's hourly and it's not fixed and you know lenders it's it wasn't the strongest compared to you know other deals that I had done. So I said, this could be a potential issue. Mm-hmm. And initially it wasn't. We submitted it and the, the the relationship manager at the lender wanted to move forward with it. But then kind of like I touched on, then at that point, once it got to the underwriter, then they kind of bounced it back and said, we got to strengthen this, this aspect. Did mm-hmm. they ever come to you about the experience part at all? No, I just, I don't want to say I lied, but I just embellished about my background a little bit. Yeah. But it was, it, they were fine with it, like, because I had a lot of teacher trainings. Yeah. And, oh, I, yeah. Well, you just also, used all the fancy words for, yeah. to really show your experience. Well, here's, here's, <laughs> here's where they did run into the problem, too, is that uh-huh. before we had a co-signer involved, they said, well, Ashley can't keep her job right. to pay back the loan and run the business at the same time. And I, at that point, I kind of fought and said, I think she can based on that she was going to school full time. Yeah, the big issue when I when I first got denied the first time was when the hours operation of my business, they felt conflicted with me treating autistic children. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, most Pilates studios, the owners aren't in the studio anyway. Right. Because like, it's usually when you go to fitness studio, it's usually just the instructor and maybe right. a check-in person because it's kind of creepy if I'm there watching people. Just like the whole time. Yeah, the whole yeah. time in like a 1,000 square foot space. Right. But they didn't, they like, they didn't get past that. They were like, you yeah. have to be able to run your business like a certain amount of hours. 
And so maybe they imagined you in the office in the back and like some imaginary office in the back doing businessy things. Because my rate with the autistic job was so, it was low. It was Uh like 17 an hour, I think. Uh Um, If if I had had a job, even if it was hourly, that just had a higher rate, Uh that wouldn't have been as big of an issue. Okay, yeah. So then that was one of the problems. Um, Yeah, so then that was, that was like the big mistake. I I wish I hadn't sent them the hours of operation because they're like, because they, in the interview, she asked for it or yeah. she like I, I think I brought it up and then she like was like oh can you send that to me and then I emailed it to her while we were on the phone and that's when the conversation took a downward spiral yeah when they started going into like how can you run a business and keep your job so when did what ended up happening did you end up quitting uh quitting your job or or how uh, did we end up doing that so my mom co-signed okay long, like that took a while you brought a co-signer yeah okay brought, yeah like, that, that wasn't my first choice i had to go step back and reevaluate if i wanted to do that if i felt like this business was going to be successful enough mm-hmm. okay so you knew that you were willing to take on that risk if if in the case that the business does not succeed you were willing to basically do what you had to do to repay the loan back so you're you felt like the collateral wasn't at risk yet yeah, that was the main thing, because if it was, like, I think if the loan repayment had been, like, over 2000 if it had been so much higher where I, like, there's no way I could really repay this. Yeah. Like, if I, even if I went back in the fashion industry, which I didn't want to do, or, you know, uh-huh. I'd, if it was too high, it wasn't realistic, but because the duration of the loan was 10 years, it was a reasonable repayment rate. Uh-huh. So that's, and then there was other factors where there was a lot of positive reinforcement to have this type of business in this area. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, like, if it was, like, if I was opening up an something i don't know a car, what, what do they have a lot of if i was opening up a hair salon in san pedro there's like 100 hair salons yeah maybe i wouldn't have done it because yeah it's, you know there's less i agree um, i agree this is like a good a good spot for a pilates studio i think you're in a really you know unique position to capitalize on both like the san pedro and ranch palace verdes um clientele and demographic so okay so would you so was that how do you see that you know, bring a co-signer in. Was that was that the most like favorable option, the most beneficial for her? Yeah, I mean, like we we mold another option where you had your a friend do a contracting job for you. Um, but after discussing, I said that would be really shaky too. I don't think they yeah. would look at that as you know recurring income. We can try it, but you know it's no guarantee. So essentially, it just became once the co-signer was involved the deal was pretty strong okay so it was kind of the path of least resistance and one thing i should mention too is i've been told that you know the sba is willing to work with you if you get in a tough spot they don't want to take your home obviously so they'll try to work out a solution Mm -hmm. you know um and one other thing too i think this is a a good time too where this example kind of shows where a lot of small business owners kind of think the banker is like the enemy which the banker wants to do the loan because they get paid if they do the loan. Right. We got to provide them with the tools to get it past their underwriters. Yeah. Because to the underwriter, you're just a name on a paper and you're Mm -hmm. a tax return and you're a loan package, right? Mm -hmm. So part of the way, like, I kind of view this job is that, like, I'm, you know, you've everyone's seen like true crime shows or like crime shows i'm kind of like the defense attorney i'm like i know like the rules of the system and i'm gonna paint you in the best light yeah so that it can get past we can give the banker what they need to get it past their underwriter right it's a losing battle if you're showing like i said if you give them financials that don't show you're making money like there's nothing the banker can do at that point yeah you know so essentially 
you know, like I said, when I when I get the loan package, I'm troubleshooting where where are the issues here and how can we overcome them. So. Ashley is here. She's now finally able to start her business. We're in her studio right now. So this is really exciting. And to kind of see how you guys were able to help her kind of go from, you know, hey, I have some money. I want to start my business to boom. Here it is. You know, we're in her studio. She's going to be opening. You Are you fully open now? No, no, no. Opening June 8th. That's so what I thought. Yeah. You're beginning of June. So, so we're just doing like yoga for yoga in here. At okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So... Are all these services free? Yes, yes, and I should have mentioned that earlier. So we're our, because it's very hard to believe that all these things would be free. I was yeah. like, I it was in the back of my head thinking, like, well, how much do you guys take of it? You yeah. Know? <laughs> so we're contracted by the city of Los Angeles to operate these two centers. So essentially, they pay us to operate these centers, and we have to come up with a certain amount of jobs created uh-huh. every year, and it has to be backed by usually access to capital, some sort of loan. There's some cases where you can claim it without, but I'd say 95%. So like when Ashley is able to hire yoga instructor or Pilates instructors, I can claim those jobs and it kind of justifies the city offering these services for Got free. Okay. So yeah, I guess I probably should have pointed that out in the beginning a little more. So the goal of of your organization is to create jobs. That's yes. really the, yeah, the that's end game, the end right? Goal. Okay, so it's in your best interest to make sure that Ashley does get to open up her studio. And, you know, it's hard to do outreach for this because it almost sounds too good to be true. It does. It really does. And also when you go to a business owner and say, I work for the city of they're really, you know, I don't actually work for the city. I'm contracted by the city, but it's a city program. Yeah. They get defensive because they think I don't need the city looking at my financials, you know. I guess so. So, yeah. You know, and it's hard to explain, you know, we've touched on this for like 40 minutes to kind of say what we do within 30 seconds that it's going to take to get them on board or not. So, right, right. So, yeah, definitely outreach is. Well, I think one of the biggest things that, you know, did you guys good was Ashley. And because, I mean, she was like adamant that we record with you and Elise, you know, mm-hmm. to, to hear more about. Thanks, the awesome... Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you did because I'm learning so much. And I think that this is really valuable to our listeners, especially anybody in the area it's who interesting. wants to I, start I a business. I look back at your episodes and you had Yolanda on, right? Uh-huh. So we worked with Yolanda okay, also. Cool. Um, and we, brewery, right? Yeah, in Brewery West, we did the, their initial loan and their mm-hmm. expansion. That's like the pretty much best case like success story for them. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, they've just been rocking. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had the brewery on, but I want to. Um, we just talk about the brewery in almost every episode because it's yeah. our favorite thing to do in Pedro is drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but also have our kids and our dogs and everyone there. Mm-hmm. So. I know, right? It's like dog friendly. It's like the best bar in town because you can bring everybody <laughs> and your own food. So. Mm-hmm. I know, if you're listening, I want to do yoga and Pilates in their studio. Oh, they, I'm sure they would do it. They did goat yoga. I know. They the I said no, though. I'll tell you later. later. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, like, defensive. I'm, like, trying to get in there, but they're yeah. so booked because they have so many events. Right. I can see that. Um, so all of these services are free. What is the best way for somebody who's starting a business to get in touch? So our office is located on 6th Street. Um, it's 2222 West 6th Street, and then we're Suite 320. San Pedro, 6th Street, San Pedro. San, yep, San Pedro, right in See, between Center and Palos like Verdes. By Ojas. By Ojas. Oh, right by Ojas. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. building right next to it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I know. Oh, Are you Tropaz in the, the Tropaz building? Yep. Oh, okay. So what we'll do is I'll give you my web our website because I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah, I think I'll it's lasmallbusiness.com it. or something. Okay. And then 
um, address and phone number uh-huh. all to put in the beginning. Awesome. Just and I'll, reach out I'll include to all the information in the show notes as well. Sure. Um, so it, it was, it would probably be like good advice for people who are looking to start their own business in the ideation phase to kind of come in, check in with you and be like, Hey, can you guys help me set up so that in a year or so I'm ready to take out that small business loan? Yeah. You, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Or so, even if you've already started and you just want advice or like want us to do like initial analysis, like what do you think options are? Because a lot of times, you know, this happens all the time too, which we didn't really touch on, but like small business owner will be in business. They're finally doing well. And they'll think now that I'm doing well, this bank that I've given my business to for the last 10 years will give me money. Right. And they go and they apply, they get a no, no one tells them why. And they just think, oh, it must not be for me. But yeah. the reality is those bigger type of banks, they're not really looking for the small clients. They're looking for bigger type loans so you just might have gone to the wrong place and that's really part of the expertise too is just kind of knowing the lending landscape and knowing you know if we would have taken ashley's loan to a big bank it would have never worked out it would have been they wouldn't have even opened the first page of the application so you got to know where to take it as well this is really um this is really encouraging like as somebody who is trying to start a side hustle you know this is (laughs) this is a hobby for me you know right now this is just something that i kind of started to do because i was like seeking you know some way to stay plugged into my community but Mm -hmm. it's growing a little bit the listenership is growing people are interested in sponsoring like an actual you know paid sponsors now and um i'm like okay this might be turning into a business i have a lot of questions now you know, mm-hmm. so it's really, it's really encouraging to know that I have somebody there to answer these questions that I might have along the way. Yeah. Yeah. This is great news. And so listeners out there, if you're looking to start a business or you have a great idea, I highly recommend checking in with Derek and the small business resource center downtown. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Very cool. Thank you, Ashley, for making this happen. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And, um, all right. Was there anything, any piece of advice you want to give to our listeners if they're well, looking to start a business? There's one other thing I kind of wanted to mention that we haven't touched on yet is that I think everyone should realize it is important to be able to kind of get the money you need when you get it. It might not seem like it at first, yeah. but eventually you're going to need more capital to realize your growth potential. And, you know, one of the things to overcome also with business owners, sometimes they say, oh, I don't need a loan that's debt. Right. But that's true when it's like consumer debt, right? Yeah. If you're going and running up your credit cards. But yeah. as long as the interest is less than the profit margin that you're making, it's very profitable to go and use someone else's money for your business. Like an example would be if I open a restaurant, it could take seven to eight years before I have enough cash to get the second location. But if I can show on my financials that I can repay the loan for the new location, I could open a new one every year in that time essentially. And there's really no limit as long as you give them what they need to approve it. Right. And as long as the interest you're paying is less than the profit you're making at each center, it's definitely, you know, very advantageous to you financially to do that. Right. And so I want to give like one other example, which the listeners might have to like rewind a few times, but I think it really kind of shows how much money you can make off doing something like this. Yeah, so, let's talk about that. So let's say you have the option to have a $400,000 line of credit available mm-hmm. to you. And let's say you just sell something, you know, just a random product like uh, chairs, let's see, say. Mm-hmm. And if you have a $400,000 line of credit, let's say it's 6% APR, 
that means that if I take it out 400,000 and replace it within a month, I'm only paying 0.5% interest on that. So that, cause that's 6% divided by 12 the month that I used it. So now let's say that I think if I, January 1st, take out 400,000, buy my chairs, and I can sell them all by March 31st, uh -huh. by the first quarter. That means I'm gonna pay three months of interest, right? So I'm gonna owe the bank f around $5,000 at the end of that, cause that's 0.5% interest, which is like $1,666 of $400,000. So if I can make a profit margin of let's say 8% on selling chairs, I'm gonna generate $33,000 after I sell all those chairs. And I'm gonna owe the bank $5,000. Wow, yeah. So I just netted $27,000 just by having that line available to me. And I didn't really have to do anything. I didn't have to spend any of my own money. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have to like, you know, not put food on the table for my family because yeah. I was using my own money. So if you can just do that four times a year, that's an extra $108,000 that your business can generate right. just by having that available. Right. So, you know, I just, one of the things, and like I said, you might have to rewind that a few times to check to. out the numbers. Like, I'm going to do that probably But I like use that example. I would have like my cal like calculator be like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. But yeah, so like, you know, it, it's counterintuitive to say I'm going to pay, take out money and go into debt to run my business. But as long as, like I said, as long as it's, you do it in a smart way, it, it it can be very financially rewarding to you and also like it's so hard to grow without it right because just imagine trying to raise a family or support yourself in the right. city and put all the money you need towards running a business yeah, at the same time absolutely. like you don't want to spend your mornings like moving money around so that you're not overdrafting you know absolutely yeah i think a lot of listeners can relate to that in general you know when you have like two incomes and you're trying to pay all the bills and you know you do kind of have to do some money shuffling mm -hmm. um which is you know i think that's something that we've all done before um but that that example really does shed light on the potential of mm -hmm. what bringing in you know outside capital could do for your business so, yeah and that's part of it too is you know we're not doing loans just to do a loan like yeah. it has my end goal like you said is job creation yeah. so i'm not gonna we're gonna do projects that make sense because right. doing a loan just for a loan sake doesn't benefit me at all yeah. you know where it might you know a banker might be more interested in doing that but um you saying that i think is really kind of form some trust too between somebody who's going to take out a loan because the risk is really all on them. And if, you know, it's, it's easy to feel like that's the end goal for somebody for that person to kind of take out that loan. Sure. But you're saying that isn't the end goal. We really want to see you succeed because yeah. if you succeed as a small business owner, that means you're creating more jobs and you have the potential to hire more people at well, your business. Yeah. In the best case scenario, you know, it worked out for this first loan for Ashley and, you know, we're going to be able to claim a number of jobs when mm -hmm. she opens. But the best case scenario is we, she stays in contact with us. So, you know, after year one or two or three, we look at what are options to open a second location third location are the financials in order to do that right and is it the right time to do that you yeah. know because like I said that's a good thing about this program too is that you know it's not like a transactional thing where like we do one thing and then we never talk to you again the best type of clients that get create jobs usually do it because they're good at what they do so we keep them on board so that you know we can do future loans with them because 
you know, not everyone's able to do that. So when you find a business owner that, you know, has the ability to do that, it's in everyone's best interest to kind of keep them along as a client and, you know, that hopefully, you know, realize future growth too. Yeah. Whereas a banker might just be looking at, you know. They don't really care how they get paid back. They just want to get paid back. Yeah, well, they, well, they just want to get one deal done so they get their commission and then, you know, the smart bankers keep, you know, in touch with those clients and really help them, but not all of them do, you know? And that's one of the the strengths of the program too, is that if we look and it's like, uh, it's not going to work right now, this is what you have to do to get to a point where it's going to work. You know, a banker might not have time to kind of do that. Right. Whereas we have the luxury to, you know, I've, I've, I had a loan approved last week that I met the guy like, 15 months ago mm-hmm. and this is like the f- third or fourth time that we've submitted it and mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to work and then it didn't and then it looked like it was going to work and it didn't and finally this time around it worked whereas if you're a banker and you have numbers to me you might not necessarily be able to keep working with that client right so mm-hmm. that was probably a long-winded way to to go out but. No, no no i think that's i think that's great i might not even like rearrange it at the back end but yeah this is um this is all really good information and i think that the listeners are going to benefit a lot from it i know i have <laughs> personally so and obviously ashley has <laughs> um well thank you so much for for joining us on the show today i have a feeling i'm gonna have you back um okay. and anytime that you want to come back like to you know make announcements or encourage some more like listeners to go on and start their business maybe there's a new promotion going on or something definitely definitely let us know okay yeah so i never know how like technical to get in these type of things right you know and i did get it at the end there but i could definitely get more technical that's that's the other thing too it's like i really think that you know you have a lot like a lot of different subjects you can probably break down even more Mm -hmm. um so maybe it would be helpful like every every once in a while to have a small business focused episode um because i think that's what we really want to see in the community is really we want to see our small businesses grow that's something i care a lot about you know and i know that when it comes to our local economy it's really going to have um to do with the strength of our local businesses right Mm -hmm. so so yeah i don't see i don't see that being a waste of time getting more technical yeah Yeah. (laughs) um Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. Did no we problem. cover everything you wanted to? Yeah, I think so. I'll probably think of something on the ride yeah. home, but I think it's a good start. Yeah, and you know what? You can just keep a list for the next time that you're back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we I've touched on that ratio called that service coverage a bunch of times. You know, we could definitely dive into that deeper do you and do, how to calculate that. Do you do workshops with the Chamber of Commerce? We have. We haven't done anything recently, but, okay. you know, I was talking with Elise again about that. Um, we had a meeting where the uh, city of Los Angeles used our space and she came and said such nice words about our program and Allie and myself. And so I was like, you know, let's, let's follow up on that and see what we can do. Yeah. I I would love to go to um, some workshops that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you need to do the whole A to Z workshop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And Ashley, thank you so much for making this happen. This was an incredibly valuable episode, a lot of great information. So, and listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed as well. All right, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 
Hey guys, one quick reminder to definitely get your tickets to Pride if you haven't already. Um, I think that you can still buy them online at this point. Um, also, uh, Ashley's business is having our grand opening party tomorrow morning from 8 a.m. to noon. So definitely swing by if you are a morning person. Um, also, if you guys have liked this episode and you have a little bit of time on your hands, I would love to read a review from you. It would absolutely make my day. In the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy. Have a good day. Oh, 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 oh,